Hey, 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 everyone. What's up? This is Aiden Taco Jones here, and you are listening to... Well, what are you listening to? This, uh, I guess I, I, I should explain. This has been... Oh, by the way, it's Tuesday the 14th of May 2019. <laughs> um, this podcast... It used to be called Sitting Under a Tree. It's been called Sitting Under uh, Sitting Under a Tree for the last 18 months. But today is the first... I had an idea, all right? Um, I was in Perth uh, on the weekend and uh, I, I might have mentioned previously. I, I'm not sure if I did. I got this book called uh, Where to Drink Coffee published by uh, a publisher called Faden. Uh, I don't know... I don't know, I've never heard of them before, but I got it from this nice shop in Melbourne, um, this lovely place called The Hub General Store, full of nice things, and uh, it's it's a it's basically an almanac of places around the world to drink coffee, um, so being as I am a travelling, like a fucking professional comedian travelling around the world doing gigs, I always go to coffee shops anyway, and I, bought, I got this so I could have recommendations for, it's got every capital city in the world, where to go, not every capital actually, let's step back, but it, like every major city, right? Um, and it's a, it's been compiled by people who love coffee and coffee professionals and stuff. So where to go and drink coffee in any major city that you might find yourself in in the world. And uh, I was in Perth last week doing some shows and I was excited because I just bought the book. I was like, I'm going to go for the first time. I'm going to use this book, go to one of these places. And I've been thinking about this podcast that I've been doing for the last 18 months, telling stories about the week that I have and traveling around and whatever. And I've just been trying to fucking think of like some way to uh, make this accessible to any like wider audience than the... <laughs> and let's not let's not forget that I'm very grateful for the... <laughs> For the 50 or so people who have been listening to this podcast for the last 18 months, almost every week, pretty constantly, for at least the last six months, it's been at a constant level of about 50, sometimes like 60 or sometimes a few more, but 50 downloads a week. That's, I mean, that's so dope if you've been listening. Um, I'm trying to get it out to more people. So I was like, what can I do? And I had this book and I was like, fuck, I'm going to be visiting different cafes every week. Why don't I review the cafes and I was thinking maybe I'll just put a little segment in the podcast because I've been thinking maybe I'll try and make it a bit longer half an hour up to like 40 45 minutes and then uh, I had this idea for a name so when I was in London when I was living in London 2014 to 16 oh god that tea feels so good this morning you know when you wake up and your eyes are like watering like I woke up and I was like crying a little bit but I'd kind of made that promise to myself like taco mate 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 you fucking wake your stupid ass up at eight o'clock and I didn't I did it at 8 30 but I still that's a success do you know what I mean that's within (laughs) half an hour is within the bounds of a successful wake up and um I was going to wake up at 8 and go for a walk to kind of get like I got a lot of shit to do that I, I gotta go to the fucking doctor and a bunch of other things that no one cares about. <laughs> I don't know why I'm telling you. Um, I've, uh, I was going to wake up and go for like a walk around the block, just like a brisk walk, do a bit of exercise in the morning, get the heart pumping. And, uh, I woke up at 8.30. I was like, I don't have time. So, uh, instead of going for a walk, I hung out my washing, <laughs> which, which I think some, some personal trainers would count that as exercise. That, 
surely that's got to be at the same level as like those fucking losers doing the step, like stepping up stairs, you know? If you do like 20 stair, like steppy uppy downies, that's got to be around the same level as like 10 minutes of hanging out your washing. It's strenuous on the arms and the washing's wet and that's heavy. Huh? That's heavy. Wet washing is heavy. Don't lie to yourselves and pretend that it's not, especially if you're rocking a lot of cottons, as I am, man of the world. What am I fucking talking about? Anyway, so I, um, a few years ago when I was living in London, I worked in this, uh, cafe, for the whole time I was living in London, I was an open mic comedian working in a cafe called the Department of Coffee and Social Affairs. My Oh, my sweet department of coffee and social affairs, how I long for thee. And at the time, it's it's a really big chain now and it's kind of lost its fucking soul. But at the time, there were maybe eight or nine locations through central London and it was a real, it was the perfect size of a company. There were about 70 or so people throughout the company and uh, we all knew each other and we would have social events and it was a really good vibe and I just, this, especially the uh, the the location in Covent Garden that I worked in for from September 11, 2015 through to when I left London in July 2016 that that place just like felt like my home and I really working in coffee and the experience of the coffee industry really anchored my whole experience of those 2 years in London it was the one thing that I could come back to with my friends there and those cafes I could go there I could have a coffee I could see people I knew and it just, it felt like home. Those places in London really felt like home and it meant a lot to me. And I had this idea when I was leaving London, I, uh, I was going to walk the last 10 days of the Camino de Santiago in Spain and I was going to use that time to write. I'd written like a short novella about a bit, another story that I'd had. And uh, I thought, I'm going to write a book. And I had this idea for the title, Coffee is What Happens When You're Busy Making Plans, Right which it just appeals to me on the level of like wankiness and poetry. And I, I feel like it kind of, even though it's long, it still kind of falls out of your mouth. You know, coffee is what happens when you're busy making plans. And that's that life is what happens when you're busy making plans. The whole point being that I'd fallen into working in coffee. I really had no passion for it when I started working there. And then the whole two years living in London, it wasn't ever the focus of my life. It was just a job. But after that two years, I came out having a real passion for coffee and loving coffee and being interested in the different ways of making coffee and the flavors and where it comes from and the processes and all of that. And uh, I even had this idea of like, you know, the process of making an espresso involves so many little, little like movements, you know, like the, the grinding of the coffee, the cleaning of the basket, and then you grind the coffee into the basket and then you kind of tap it to even it out and you weigh it and you flick little bits out and you put it back in and more and then you put it in the handle and then you tamp it down and every kind of part of that had been broken down to me by a different member of the department of coffee family because we are a family (laughs) took me a while to realize that we had been lied to by the billionaire owner of that company i remember he got up at the christmas address in 2014 and was like guys i know it sounds very cliche but we are the most important thing in this company is the people, yeah, so I know, I know it sounds stupid, and everyone says it, but it is, and this place is about you, he said, as he proceeded to pay us £7.50 an hour to live and work in fucking London, god damn it, anyway, it makes me sad to think about what's happened to that fucking stupid ass company, 
And every time, the, the idea around this passage in the book was that every aspect of making a coffee made me think of another person and it connected me to people. Because coffee, the whole point of coffee, as far as I see it, is it connects people to people. It's like you can sit down and have a coffee and you can talk about the tasting notes. And I guess some people are really good at it, but I'm coffee for me is like faces. It just, I know it's there and that's about it. I can't see any, <laughs> I can't see any distinguishing features. Sometimes I've had an amazing coffee that really is like, oh my God, I can taste mango or I can taste, you know, peach or fucking blueberries or whatever. But by and large, for me, coffee is just like, <laughs> it's it's good or great or Italian, which is bad. <laughs> That'll make some people angry, hopefully. Um <laughs> A fucking bitter coffee that you get. But even like and around the point when I left London, I was quite picky about my coffee and I would only have specialty coffee and I wanted it to be single origin. And as it's gone on, like in the intervening three intervening years from then to now, I've even kind of eased up on that and I'll have some fucking Italian coffee, man. I'll have some, uh, I'll have some of that bitter, uh, you know, Eastern European coffee. I'll drink it, I don't love it, but I'll drink it, you know, because the whole point of, co- it's not, this is going to sound wanky like the billionaire owner of that fucking coffee shop, but it's not about the coffee, I mean, it is about the coffee, and it's an amazing drink, and it's, but it's, for me, it's more about the moments of going to a, a new cafe, and experiencing the coffee with the new environment, and everything else to do with a cafe, right, it's like, the coffee is, is, is kind of the excuse and then the experience is everything else. Like you walk in the door and there's like the vibe of the place, whether it's a big room or a small room and the guy that you talk to or girl, for me, guys, a gender neutral term, okay? Why am I getting defensive? I'm trying to talk about something serious. I'm getting defensive about politics. Um, the person that you talk to behind the counter and whether, you, you know, the good conversation that you have and you get your, you order your coffee, you sit down how they bring it to you, the presentation, the ambience of the place, the music, how long you can stay there if they're hassling you, what the other customers are like, whether it's full or empty, and you know, even what kind of day, what kind of like time of day you go there and how the vibe is, how late the coffee shops open. There's so much to think about when you go to a cafe other than the coffee, even though that is the main thing. And that's kind of what I want to talk about in this podcast. So this podcast now, my plan is, I've been releasing Sitting Under a Tree for a year and a half, since November 2016, 17, and I'm going to keep releasing it as Sitting Under a Tree, and not promoting it, as the, the, the podcast is from now, it's called Coffee is What Happens When You're Busy Making Plans, or Coffee is What Happens, ellipsis for short. Maybe I'll say ellipsis every time I say the title. Coffee is what... Hey, everyone. Welcome to Coffee is What Happens. Ellipsis! <laughs> um, it's called Coffee is What Happens When You're Busy Making Plans. Now, the, the whole thing I'm going to do is I'm going to release it from now. So right now, and I want to tell some other stories from my week in a second, and then I'm going to get to reviewing the cafe that I went to this week. Uh, I went to Tipica Roastery in Claremont in Perth. I'll talk about that in a sec. But uh, I'm going to record from now, every Tuesday, 
I'm going to put these out on the sitting under a tree page. So if you guys have still, if you've been listening or if you're a new listener before I launched it in October, you can still listen to it every week. It's not going to interrupt that. But in October, in so between now and October, I'm, I'm in Melbourne for, fuck, like less than two weeks, one more of these podcasts, and then I'm off uh, traveling around, I mean, I've got Spain and then I've got gigs through Asia um uh what is it uh malaysia singapore thailand myanmar right and a few different cities in those and then uh the uk i've got um amsterdam fucking a few other cities in holland uh, in the netherlands i've got germany i've got uh prague i'm going through the uk i've got a bunch of different places right and i'm going to review cafes in all of these places and when i get back to melbourne in october I'm going to kill the old sitting under a tree page. All of the episodes prior to this one, I'm going to take them off and I guess I'll just chuck them on a USB and then I'm going to launch a new podcast called Coffee is What Happens When You're Busy Making Plans. So if you're listening to this in October 2018 or later, fucking welcome to the pod, man. Thanks for taking a chance on whoever I am. No one cares, but uh, I hope this is going to be fun. Before I review... The, co- the cafe this week. I've got other big news though. Oh my God. So, <laughs> and this is, this has been a huge week. It's been a fucking massive week. And, uh, I was in Perth on Wednesday. It was a Wednesday. Yes, it was Wednesday. For those of you who don't know, I'm a huge Tottenham Hotspur fan. That's, uh, that's the English Premier League football. All right. And um, the the English Premier Football League of footballs, and we were playing in the Champions League semi final against Ajax from uh, from Amsterdam, and we lost one nil in the first leg. I was in Melbourne for that. I woke up at fucking four forty in the morning, got the first tram in. <laughs> the guys from Melbourne, like the the Australian Spurs supporters group, the Melbourne contingent of that, everyone goes to the Imperial Hotel in Melbourne. And uh, it's a great place to watch the game. The game started at 5am. I got the first tram in and I got there at 5.15. And the dude who's like, in my mind, he's like the grand wizard of the chapter. I don't know what his actual title is, but I really want him to, to like me, you know, because he's like the he's like the most senior fan in Melbourne, as far as I can tell. So I want his approval. And I got there at 5.15, having caught the first tram. And <laughs> I went up to him. I was like, hey, man. And he just goes, hey, hey mate, you're late. And <laughs> I felt like a teacher at school. I wanted to be like, I got the first tram, dude. What do you want? Fuck, man. Like maybe I'll get him an apple next time and just put it on the table in front of him. Um, <laughs> he didn't pay attention to me for the rest of the time. He was just yelling at the screen. Uh, anyway, so I watched us lose one nil in the first leg at home in London, and uh, the return leg in Amsterdam was while I was in Perth, and the time difference of two hours meant that the game was going to be aired at 3 a.m. in Perth. And I just, I, I got to hold my hands up. I didn't think that we could do it, right? Um, and I went out with, uh, I, I did some comedy that night, and then I went out with a few mates from the show and just got blitz, okay? And uh, I woke up at my friend's place, Normally, even I would wake up in the morning and watch the game without looking at the score. 
But for whatever reason, maybe I didn't think we could do it, or maybe it was because I was at a friend's place and I just I knew we were going to be hanging out. I didn't want to be antisocial for an hour and a half. For whatever reason, I checked the score and I saw that we had overturned the deficit from the first leg and we'd won the semi-final. We were going to the Champions League final. And I watched the highlight and I realized that it not only had we won, it was one of the greatest comebacks in Champions League history, in in the history of Tottenham Hotspur Football Club ever, right? And people were saying, like people who have been fans of Spurs for 50, 60 years are coming out and saying that was one of the greatest nights in the history of the club. And I missed it because I went out and got drunk and, and fucking looked at the scores the next day. And I was pretty bummed, but I was still kind of drunk when I woke up and I started thinking, you know what? I've got $3,500 sitting in my bank account. The final is in Madrid. What if I go to Madrid? I started messaging. I messaged a few people in the morning and I said, you know what? I think I might go to Madrid. And a few hours later, the sobriety started to kick in and it dawned on me what I'd been telling people. And I was like, you know what? I think through a mixture of like guilt for not having watched it and excitement and competitiveness for having backed myself into that corner, I fucking booked tickets. I'm going to Madrid (laughs) to watch Tottenham Hotspur to not even, I don't even have tickets to the game. I can't impress upon people more... (laughs) People, I keep telling people like, I'm going to Madrid to watch the Champions League final. They're like, oh my God, you got tickets? And I'm like, no. (laughs) No, I do not have tickets. I'm just going there because I I think it might be guilt. It might be a part of guilt because I just want to fucking be there, man. I want to be there around in the city and the other team is Liverpool. And so it'll be fucking Liverpool people and, and London people descending on Madrid. It's so fucking awful, actually, what's happening. After, um... Because Liverpool booked their spot in the final the night before, also with a huge, um... With a huge comeback. And, uh... The final in Madrid, it's neutral. Like, it's a neutral ground. But all these people are going there from the UK. And as soon as both UK teams were confirmed for the final, the airlines jacked the prices up. It's disgusting what's happening. I'm so lucky that I don't really, like, I don't have a day job and I didn't have anything booked for around then in terms of paid work, so I could cancel all the open mic spots that I booked and um, and get there pretty easily. I'm flying into Madrid. I'm flying out of Melbourne on Monday the 27th. I fly into London the morning of the 28th, and I fly to Madrid the night of the 28th. That's a Tuesday. The game's on the Saturday, the, Saturday the 1st of June. Um, a lot of people... I've got their jobs, their day jobs and shit. They can only take Friday, maybe Monday as well off. And the airlines have jacked the prices of tickets from London to Madrid from previously like 80, 90 pounds up to like a thousand pounds. It's fucking disgusting. And I'm getting, uh, so I get in on the Tuesday night. I've booked, uh, through three different hostels trying to find the cheapest beds and kind of swinging between places. I've booked, accommodations for myself for every night of that trip except (laughs) except the night of june the first the night that the final is on the final is at 8 30 p.m and this is the thing that i'm kind of scared about is if we win it'll be one of the greatest nights of my life for sure and i'm you know i kind of feel i kind of feel a little bit of imposter syndrome because i've only been following tottenham for like five years since 2014 when i moved to london 
Um, so I kind of feel a little bit like a fraud on some level, and I've, I know I've not been following us through the years when it was bad. But it's still, I still feel a massive connection to the club. That following football is weird, man. Like, I was talking to a dude in Perth about it recently. He he follows Liverpool. He's never been to Liverpool. He's the only person he knows who follows Liverpool. But he just started the way he got into. Uh, sorry, Liverpool, Newcastle. Sorry, I don't know at what point my brain switched. Um, he follows Newcastle, and he said the way he got into following them was he um, he started playing FIFA and he would just play FIFA as Newcastle and so he learned all the players and then he started following them in the Premier League as a joke and then following them as a joke turned into following them half-heartedly and now he actually cares. He was saying, like, I actually care when they lose. And that's what it feels like following Spurs, man. Like, I'd started because a friend of mine, like, the first good friend I made in the UK when I moved there was a Spurs fan and I'd made that promise to myself the first person I meet when I get there whatever team they're a fan of that's the team that I'm gonna follow and uh, my boy David Alfie Ward fantastic UK comedian is a lifelong Spurs fan and we had a trip up to Cambridge together um, to do a gig a couple hours each way and he was telling me about Spurs and and uh, and by the way on the way back we were like singing songs in the car you know we just we just we got it on. We got on. We got it on. We had sex. I sucked his dick, and now I support the team. <laughs> we got on. We hit it off. We jam- We bloody jammed. And uh, that's how I support Spurs. And it started off, I just, you know, would watch the games. I'm like, oh, I guess that's my team now. And then I learned all the players, and then... You know, I started, like, just as a bit of fun. I was like, oh, boo, Arsenal, grrr. And then after a while, I was like, you know, you read a bit of the history and, and you go, you know what? Arsenal are fucking low-life scum. They actually are. It's, it's, interesting that, it's interesting that the joke that I was having with myself has a little facet of truth to it. And then you go a bit further and you're like, oh, I'm not even like joking, joking about like, I know I actually, I want them to lose even if we're not playing them. I want them to lose. Suddenly, I hate a bunch of people arbitrarily for no reason other than that that I made friends with a nice guy in a car one time, and um, and now I'm going to Madrid. <laughs> the absurdity of supporting a football team is not lost on me, but um, I can't fucking wait, man. So I guess that's going to be one of the reviews as well. That'll be one of the second, the second or third, whatever. I'll review a cafe in Madrid anyway, is what I'm talking about. Fuck, I'm so excited for this new podcast idea. Let's talk about the first cafe. I went to Tipica Cafe Coffee Roastery in Claremont. Uh, it was one of the two places that I could go in the uh, from the Where to Drink Coffee book in Perth. The other one was fucking way down south in, I can't remember the name of the area, Rockingham maybe? Some area that I said to people, oh, I might go to, for like an afternoon here. And they were like, Oh, nah, dude, <laughs> don't do that. Um, it was the uh, Five Senses, I think. Yeah, the Five Senses Roastery. And by the looks of it, it was uh, available only by appointment. And isn't it crazy that that was enough to put me off? Just that it said by appointment in the book. So I thought, well, I could go to this one that's got a cafe or I could go to this other one that is by appointment, so probably nicer, but I have to make a phone call and talk to someone. Fuck that. So I went to Tipica, um, I, uh, it, it was like in the morning, what day was it? 
It was fucking Wednesday, I think. Wednesday, 11 a.m. I got there. I'd just been to Centrelink. So that was the mood that I was... I actually had a lovely time at Centrelink, to be honest. But I had my big bag on me that I'm traveling with. So, um... Kind of caught the bus there. Walked up. It's this big roastery facing onto the main road. And then in behind the main road, there's like a little kind of plaza area. And uh, the cafe backs onto that. So it's a really nice spot. The sun was shining in. Um, I walked in and this... This is a huge thing for cafes, I think. I got, I walked in and I got stood. I was stood at like the please wait to be seated thing. A couple guys met up beforehand. They hugged in front of me and then they walked in and the server went to seat them first. And I was stood at the please be seated sign for like, you know, five seconds. And I wasn't in a rush. And I was just like, yeah, I'll be seated in a second. And uh, the barista from it's a big space, right? It's one of those. Because it's attached to a roastery, I guess they're trying to have a bit of a name for themselves and make a good amount of money off it. So there's a lot of seats. probably like 80 or 90 seats in the place. And high ceilings, big warehouse-y feels. So the coffee bar, when you walk in, the seats are on the left and in front. The coffee is all on the right, and it's a big area. And the barista was maybe five metres to my right. And he saw me standing at the please be seated sign, even though he was making coffee, and looked at me and was just like, hey man, yeah, you be, it'll just be a second, sorry. And that, <clears throat> that tells you a lot about a place, I think, for a dude to have, for the guy behind the, the coffee machine, making the coffee, to have the confidence to, that he feels enough like it's his place to be able to welcome me and and tell me how things are going to work like that like when I, I used to work at a place called hash in melbourne which has a bit of a reputation i think as a good place to go to they do these big coffee fairy floss things uh no sorry chocolate it's like chocolate it's like melted dark chocolate with a huge thing of fairy floss and you pour it over the top and it goes down and people are always fucking instagramming it i worked there for six months as the head barista or the no not the head barista i tell a lie the main barista four days a week not head but um, <clears throat> the guy who ran that place was, fuck, he was the worst cunt ever to work for. And he used to always tell me, like, aggressively, like, mate, you're the main guy, okay? You're the first thing people see when they walk into the shop. So say hi to people. <laughs> and I know that's what you're supposed to do. But because he made me feel like I was walking on eggshells all the time, I didn't feel comfortable enough to say hi to people because I didn't feel like it was my place, you know? Whereas in London, no one had to tell me twice. And when I was working at department, no one had to tell me twice to welcome people when they came into the shop because I felt like it was my shop and I wanted them to come in and I wanted them to stay because I, I wanted to show them what we'd been working so hard on to make so good, you know? So when that guy did that to me, I was already, I was like, oh, that makes me feel good. This place is going to be great. I get seated. I get a coffee. Uh, they got a cool breakfast menu. I got some breakfast gnocchi, which was basically just baked eggs with gnocchi in it. Um, it was all right. <laughs> no, it was good. It was good. Um, kind of like tomato pasty vibe. I don't know. I had gnocchi a few weeks ago at this Italian place on Hardware Street in Melbourne, and it was like... It was like pan-fried gnocchi or whatever, and it really set the bar high for the. And I'm on a bit of a knock gnocchi. I'm on a bit of a knock knock gnocchi. Ugh, I'm a bit of a gnocchi kick right now, <laughs> and I think I'm just pining for. I might just go back to that place. Um, but uh, the one weird thing was the the chick on the floor. Uh, was it no? It was a guy first. A guy came over, and I uh, I asked for the filter, and he was like, what? I was like, oh, a bit of filter, you know, can I get a filter, do you guys have a filter on? 
And he was like, uh, 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 and I was like, Batch Brew. Do you have Batch Brew? He's like, oh, yeah, yes. And I was like, oh, see, where's it from? I just wanted to know where the bean was from. And he was like, ah, ah, <laughs> he's freaking out. I thought maybe it was his first day or something. So I was like, ah, whatever. Who cares, man? Yeah, I'll get a Batch Brew. And uh, he walked off and then he came back. And I was like, actually, you know what? That kind of soured me on the batch brew idea. So I was like, you know what? I might get a, let me get a long black. Do you know where that's from? And he goes, it's a, it's our blend. I was like, okay, man. Yeah, just get me the coffee, dude. That's fine. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so he went away, did that, had the, had the coffee. It didn't come in a tulip cup. I like a tulip cup better. I like it when it's a small um, area to like focus the crema on. I said I wasn't going to get wanky about it, but fuck, listen to me go. Jesus. Um, it came in one of those big cups that I associate with a cappuccino. And so the crema's a little bit spread out, but whatever. That's fine. No, it's fine. I deal with it. And, um, I had my breakfast, uh, didn't have anywhere to charge my phone, but I gave it to, um, I guess they changed areas. So this girl was my, was my, um, server for the rest of the time. And, I asked her if I could charge my phone anywhere and she took it behind the bar and charged it. That was very nice. I had my charger, gave that to her. That was cool. Good service. Um, then, so I'm still, I'm like on the fence about this place at this point, right? It was a really big, spacious place. So not super personal. After the, after the thing with the barista, that was as personal as it got. After that, I was just kind of left to my own devices. There weren't, I like a little crevice or somewhere to sit, you know? But then again, there's those ones that try and have too many cushions. I don't really like that either. I like, I mean, the, my fucking local cafe is Two Little Pigs in Melbourne, uh, in Brunswick in Melbourne on Sydney Road. And the spot that I like there is uh, the window facing onto the street, sitting at the window right on the right next to the wall. So I'm kind of in a corner and I'm looking out on the street. So I feel like I'm in my own little space. That's what I like, right? So this place at... Um, at Tipica, very open, but they, they kind of filled it well, they had like big house music playing, which you can play in a big open space like that, because it doesn't really, you know, it's still, it's loud enough that you can always hear it, but it's quiet enough that you can still talk, and uh, this girl came back, and I was like, oh, let me get that filter now, and I asked her, where's the filter from, and she goes, um, <laughs> like, oh no, Oh no, um, especially at a roastery, right? Surely you know where the coffees are from, at a roastery. But I remember my time working in cafes and I used to get fucking so indignant about le <laughs> learning where the ca I was just like, just tell me one thing about where they're from and that's all I want to know. And I was the barista, I was a bad barista. <laughs> um, I, was a good, I was a good face to have in the cafe and to be like, just like loud talking to people oh what's up dude do you want a fucking coffee please don't swear taco sorry everyone um but uh she still didn't she didn't know and she went away and she came back and she was like oh, it's from rwanda i was like and i go is it natural or washed in my head thinking this is probably a bridge too far and she was like ah and i just went don't worry about it man ah, it's fine and um so she goes away and I get writing again and I'm sitting there and I, I kind of see her like take her apron off and walk out in a different color top. And I'm like, you know what? I reckon she's just knocked off. <laughs> and I reckon she's forgotten my coffee. <laughs> 
<laughs> but I was in such a good mood at this point because I'd had the idea. This was the day that I had the idea for doing this new form of the podcast. So um, by this point, I was like in such a good mood and I was kind of laughing. And I was also, I don't know, this is a new thing that I'm going to have to figure out, which is why I'm taking a few months to kind of get settled into this concept is I don't know whether I'm going to review them positive or negative or if I'm going to review them like just to just say the good things, you know, if I'm going to, am I going to review or am I going to recommend? Cause that's the thing. I mean, look, there were negative aspects to this cafe experience at Rustica coffee, but it was still good. I'd recommend it to go back. Fuck yeah. Although there was another one around the corner that I did want to try actually. So, so if I was in the area of Claremont in Perth again, I probably wouldn't go to Rustica because there was another joint around the corner that looked nice. And if it's got brew in the name, it was something brew. And I'm like, man, if this if a place has brew in the name, it's coffee focused. I like that. Brew or espresso. That's a fucking tip. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, she leaves. And they absolutely forgot my filter. I was there for about half an hour. I wasn't even really impatiently waiting. Normally, I just do one coffee. But if I've had an espresso, I can have a filter after. My heart doesn't go crazy. So I went up to, uh, after about half an hour, I went up to the guy and I was just like, hey, man, I think you guys forgot my filter. And um, annoyingly, he didn't throw himself on the ground and grovel for forgiveness. That that irritated me. Kiss my fucking shoes, cunt. You forgot my filter. <laughs> Give me a fucking little smooch. Huh? Where's my smooches? Oh, he was nice, and he goes, yeah, all right, sorry, man, sorry, um, but I was still on the fence about the place, right, and then I think, honestly, this sounds, like, frivolous, or, like, I'm being, I don't know, facetious, but I honestly think this kind of won me over in the end, I went to the, uh, I went to the bathroom, and I went into the stall, and there was no toilet paper in the stall, the guy, actually, a dude came out before me, and fucking big ups to this dude, was just like, Hey man, there's no toilet paper left in there, heads up. That's always a big move, hey. Because when I'm in the thing, like sometimes, this might be a peek behind the curtain too far, but sometimes when I'm in the bathroom, if there's no toilet paper, but there's like hand towels, and you're not supposed to flush those, but that's all that I've got. Like I've scuppered myself, and I've got myself in the toilet with no toilet paper, so I'll use that, and then the dilemma is, do you put it where the rest of the hand towels are that are used to dry your hands, or do you flush it down the toilet and hope that it doesn't fuck the pipes, you know? Either way, that's always a question, and that's just private information for you to know what you did, and when you come out, it's a big move to go to the next person and say, hey, there's no toilet paper in there. Don't worry about what I did. I made it work, just so you know it's like coming back from war. You don't want to know what happened in there. I'm only telling you, don't ask questions. I'm telling you to spare you the same horrific fate that was just visited upon me. <laughs> this dude gave me the solid, man. He walked out and was just like, hey, man, there's no toilet paper in there and kind of stared into the middle distance <laughs> and walked out. And um, <clears throat> that wasn't the bit that, that sold me on the cafe. The bit that sold me on the cafe was I walked out of the toilets and uh, went and saw the first guy who didn't know anything about filter coffee when I asked him, the guy from the start, who I thought, I still I had a feeling like it was his first week, you know, and I said, hey man, can I, um, there's no toilet paper in the bathroom, can I grab some of that? And he just walked down this big corridor thing and got some out for me and I could see him the whole time, he was about 10 metres away and he was walking towards me with the roll of toilet paper in his hand and I was just like, 
brother, and put my hand up, like, chuck us the toilet paper, dude. And he took a few steps, kind of looked furtively around him, and then, like, lobbed it underarm to me, and I caught it, and I was like, yo, my man. (laughs) I just, I don't know what it is about that. I like someone who, even though it's their first week, is not afraid to, to bloody take a chance. Yeah? He took a chance on throwing that to me. I could have... <laughs> I could have, like, put my hand down suddenly and then had it bounce off my chest, fallen on the floor, writhing like people think soccer players do, and gone, Oh! What the fuck? What the fuck, dude? You throw that at me? And, uh, and sued for millions of dollars. But I didn't, because I'm a good guy. And he trusted me, and I liked that about him. Rustica Coffee in Claremont. <laughs> Four stars. <laughs> Um, am I going to rate them? I don't fucking know, mate. I reckon the joke might be that I rate them four stars every time. Unless, unless I've like, unless I literally, uh, meet, meet a beautiful woman and fall in love from a cafe or, you know, fucking get gonorrhea from the toilet seat. I think it's going to be four stars. I just like going to cafes, man. (sighs) Oh, all right. Uh, a couple more things this week. I'm going to... Oh, song for the week. Man, uh, it has to be What A Night by Frankie Valli and the Four Seasons. Oh, what a night. Watching Tottenham on a Wednesday night. You play Thursday cause you're fucking shy. What a feeling, what a night. Whatever. That's a great song. I've been listening to it all week because I just I can't stop thinking about Madrid, man. I, that, that's a chant that the if you don't fucking know anything about football, that's a chant from um, that they sing in the in in the Champions League because uh, Champions League games play Wednesday night and Europa League games, which are worse for the shit teams like Arsenal, play on Thursday nights. So watching Tottenham on a Wednesday night, you you scum play Thursday because you're fucking shite and. Uh, I think they were calling it What a Night, that last game the get where we beat Ajax in the 95th minute. Lucas Moura, second half hat-trick. Oh, my God, you fucking Brazilian hero. I don't even care. I do care, but it means less to me now that you voted for a right-wing fucking idiot in your home country of Brazil because you have got Tottenham Hotspur into the Champions League final. Um, I looked up the original. It's a real nice song, man. Frankie Valli is a person who I've heard of before, but I don't know anything about. But it's from 60... No, what's... The song's called... Is it called What a Night? No, it's called Sept, uh, December 1963. So I guess... I don't know. And it's called in brackets What a Night. That I've just been listening to that song all week, man. It's been in my head. I just can't stop thinking about that. I'm fucking going to Madrid. <laughs> I'm going to Madrid. I'm going to Madrid to be near a football game. Oh, I can't fucking wait. Anyway, uh, oh, this will be... All right, this will be a great end to the podcast. Okay, so... Oh, so, um, when Spurs won, right, and I woke up at my friend's house, the night before, I'd emceed the show at uh, the Open Mic Show, at the Comedy Lounge in Perth, which, if you live in Perth, by the way, get on board with the Comedy Lounge, man. That place... It's easily the best place to watch comedy in Perth and has been for since it opened um, and it's only getting better. And uh, I did shows there Thursday, Friday, Saturday. They were all outstanding, the 6 p.m. shows. Um, I emceed their open mic on the Wednesday 
<clears throat> and I'd already had a few beers before the show, had a few during the show. The crowd were very boisterous, to say the least. I was just going up there shitting on people. And at the end, some dude came up to me and uh, he just goes, hey man, that was real funny. I'm a uh, host of this comedy radio show. And uh, we do shows about comedy. We interview comedians. We would love to interview you tomorrow morning at 9am. And I was just a little bit like, I was excited. That's real nice, you know. I didn't even know, I didn't even care what the show is. I'm just like, oh, that's so nice that you want to interview me, man. But um, I was thinking like, I'm probably going to have a pretty big night tonight. I don't know how, like, <laughs> how realistic that is, 9am. But I said yes. I gave him my number. I was like, "Hey, man, give me give me a, a buzz in the morning. See where I'm at. See if I'm down for it." And you know, I went out and Spurs won, and I was so excited. And I was thinking about Madrid. And then I get this message at eight thirty, going, "Hey, man, how how you doing? How you looking for this interview?" And I just said, "You know what? Yeah, fuck it, man. I'll do it." And uh, I get on the phone to their producer first before they patch me into the actual radio show. And all the producer says to me is. Please don't swear, man. Just please just don't swear. That's all we need. And I'm like, yeah, man. Fuck yeah. <laughs> I'm still drunk at this point And I'm feeling cocky because Spurs won, you know. And I get on and we're having a nice time. few good chats and some jokes. And they ask me about the Edinburgh Fringe. And I start, I go on, I'm going off about like, yeah, man, you know, there's the free fringe and the paid fringe. And the free fringe is the one, the paid fringe is the one that people are always so scared about. They're like, oh, fucking. And I immediately realize I've swore. And I hear these two dudes just go, oh. And I'm like, oh, so I'm sorry, sorry, sorry. And just fucking run through it. I'm like, anyway, the Edinburgh Fringe is like this. I just try and fucking, I just try and gloss over it. We get to the end. I get one more laugh when they ask me why my nickname. And, um, and, uh, oh, just, we hung up the call. I feel so bad. I messaged him straight away. I'm like, hey, man, I'm so sorry for swearing. And uh, he messaged me back and said, oh, it's okay. Our executive producer didn't hear, so I think we're in the clear. And I was like, oh, great, awesome. Thanks, man. Anyway, thank you so much for having me on. I had so much fun. What, um, where can I find that recording again? What station was it? And I haven't heard back. I think I, I really bummed a few comedy fans out for swearing on their radio show. If those guys are listening, I'm very sorry. Thank you guys for listening to this. That's the podcast for this week. This has been Aiden Taco Jones. Coffee is what happens when you're busy making plans. Peace.
Shit.